Hey, welcome in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This is episode show number 39. And welcome in. This is the podcast where we try to make sense out of it all. And of course, uh, we do that. We see the game through the binoculars of life, if you will. I remember as a kid, my dad used to bring out, he had a case for the binoculars. He'd bring the binoculars out. Whenever he watched a football game, man, he had a pair of binoculars on. That was old school. You probably don't see much of that anymore. And I think for a lot of us, we we, we miss those days. College football changing, the NFL changing, the world changing. For the better, well, that's for the pundits to debate, right? We're still right here on the Till Shirt Report podcast, and we will follow the Jacksonville Jaguars, college football, and particularly the SEC, other area sports, and North Florida Entertainment. That's what we're doing here on the Till Shirt Report podcast episode show number 39. We're going to go over the new schedule. It is out. It includes two games back-to-back in London. Now, before you have a conniption fit, one's a home game and one's a road game. It's just one home game, but the the other London game is actually the road game. It's actually Buffalo's home game over in London, but the Jaguars are playing them. The Jaguars' home game in London is the Atlanta Falcons. Now... Yeah, the fans could have a conniption fit over that. And and uh, my executive producer, man, he, he's not fond of it at all. And certainly we'd rather be playing all the home games in Jacksonville. There's no doubt. We have a, a guy, and I'm going to I'm gonna have to mention his name here in a little bit, but a guy from London said he likes it because he's from London. However, he doesn't he, – he, he loves the Jaguars being in Florida. Um, so, and I think there's a lot of folks in London the same way in England. They, yeah, they, they love to see the Jaguars and, and other teams. A lot of other teams come over and they have. Um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> maybe they're coming out of the closet now, but there was a lot of closet NFL fans because they're big sport in England, no doubt, is what, what we call soccer, they call football. Or some some people in Europe call it football. Soccer may be more of a worldwide term, term now. Um, hot tea in London, they're drinking hot tea in the States. That's a newsflash. Um, I think they're drinking, I think actually the folks in Europe are drinking more coffee than they used to. So it's kind of like... There's more coffee in Europe now. There's more hot tea in the United States, even though I prefer coffee. Hot tea is smoother, especially in the evening. What's the old saying, that 5 o'clock hot cup of tea? Sometimes it's later than that. We're drinking coffee this morning. I know Mad Max was with me at the grocery store while I was talking to Mad Max on the phone. When he was at the, uh, so I feel like he was at the grocery store with me and I found Eight o'clock coffee. Made sure I got the, the dark roasted. They had to buy one, get one a few days ago. So we got some eight o'clock coffee. We finished off the um, the black silk Folgers, which is, is very good. 
as well. We'll tell you about the coffee, too, from time to time. Talking about the Jaguar schedule, let's go to it now. We're brought to you by Saucer Realty and Capital. I heard from Larry Saucer, and he said he invited me to uh, to lunch over in the MAC at uh, Pier 6. So we're probably going to have some seafood. Usually, uh, they do a real, real good job on shrimp. Shrimp and, among other things, salad and great seafood place over there. We're brought to you by Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs, whether it's home, residential, business, commercial real estate. Larry Saucer can handle your real estate needs, whether you're in Jacksonville, Lake City, Live Oak, Gainesville, or surrounding areas, or a little bit south of this uh, North Florida line. That's Saucer Realty and Capital. You will find the link for Saucer Realty and Capital. I think one thing that was kind of cool... Let's see, the other day, let me see if I can find it. Larry had sent me something. Let me let me pull this up here. Yeah, Larry had sent me something about his company, Saucerility and Capital. Let's see, Saucerility and Capital, you know, whether it's home residential business or commercial real estate, go to our website. Our website is bigjreport.com. Scroll the homepage. We've actually got the weather report in about two different areas now. You'll find a link for Saucerility and Capital in absolutely uh, both areas now. Saucerility and Capital. And um, let's see. I got some phone numbers. I got some phone numbers. Um or Larry, he's got some new signs up too. So he messaged me his new signs. Let's see. Uh, a couple of phone numbers for Saucer Realty and Capital, 386-288-5335. Um, Saucer uh, Valuations. You know, they the great thing about Saucer Realty, man, they can they can sell you a home. They can sell your home. Um, they do the land appraising. So they can basically evaluate the, the property, the building, the business, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Saucer Realty and Capital, 386-288-5335, the phone number. They got a phone number for uh, Saucer Valuations, 386-754-1167. So I'm assuming both of those phones are, are active now because Larry sent me the numbers. Okay. Um. So I think, you know, in a couple of days, within a day or two, I think Larry and I are probably going to mosey over to the Mac. He'll he'll move over there from the city, and I'll go over there from Jacksonville. We'll meet in the middle in um, the Big Mac, McClenny, over at Pier 6. Social Realty and Capital, one of our really crucial sponsors of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you so much, uh, Larry Saucer. I was so pleased when I heard he sold the home in Jacksonville. Uh, back behind the Naval Air Station. Somebody got a great deal. That was a nice, nice home. Really nice home. Um, if you're looking for a home, starter home, you know, maybe a second home, Saucerility and Capital, please go to our website, bigjreport.com, bigjreport.com, and you'll find the link for Saucerility and Capital on our homepage. Um, Right within our weather report, we've got like two North Florida uh, weather reports on the homepage. So check it out. Still about a 30% chance of rain. We got some rain 
on Friday night. It was kind of late Friday night. Um, I want to say 10 o'clock, 10.30-ish Friday night. We got some steady showers for maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So some much-needed rain. And that's a good time of the day or, or night to get some rain when it's a little bit cooler. Rain kind of soaks in a little bit better. So we needed the rain and we got it. I haven't checked the, the rain gauge on that yet. Still at about a 30% chance of rain. Um, clouds, even some low fog uh, this morning on Saturday morning as we record this podcast. We'll see the sun, the sunshine in more abundance on Sunday, but low clouds and some fog to start Saturday morning. And we'll see kind of partly cloudy to mostly cloudy skies on Saturday. And then um, more uh, more abundance in sunshine uh, this Sunday. It is Saturday morning, uh, May the 13th. Uh, we have, I check my calendar again, make sure I got the, the right time on there. It is May 13th as we record this podcast on Saturday morning. We're going to take a look at the schedule. The Jaguars have a new schedule. Also, um, if you're a really diehard Jaguars fan, that's probably why you're listening to this podcast. So I'm going to tell you, as I plug in my my juice, or, the, or I should say the electricity for the laptop here, we don't want the battery don't want the battery to run out on us while we're doing the podcast. As I plug in the the laptop plug, and we keep juicing, keep that electricity flowing into the laptop here. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, a lot of people have been hearing about stadium renovations. Best I could tell by what we've heard from current, uh, you know, there's a new election for mayor in Jacksonville coming up, but from the current mayor, who will who will be the outgoing mayor, Mayor Lenny Curry here in Jacksonville, he made an announcement. It appears that the renovations on the stadium I don't know all the details. I've, I've heard rumors it may be a retractable roof, and I'm that's not really high on my list. I prefer outdoor, the outdoor elements. As long as you got Gatorade to drink on those hot days, right? You got a story about that. But Jacksonville, Florida was always the underdog. We, we got the team in 1993. The national media gave us no chance of getting that team. We got the team in 93, and then we the Jaguars started playing in 1995. Renovations took place on the old Gator Bowl. Man, I think they tore everything down to the old Gator Bowl except for a few strands. Maybe they tore down 90% of it and then built Alltel Stadium. Or maybe it was actually known as Jacksonville Municipal Stadium before they got the sponsor. It's now known as TIAA Bank Field, but I hear that's going to be changing. Um, stadium renovations took place in 93 and 94. During those two years, the Georgia-Florida game moved home and home, and that will probably happen in 2025 and 2026. So we're a couple of years away from renovations. The only thing I'm going to say in that regard, especially as it does appear that uh, the current, the guy that's going to be outgoing, um, the current Jacksonville Mayor Lenny Curry has made some comments, and he, he would be in the know, certainly. 
that it appears that in 2025 and 2026, the Jaguars will probably be looking for somewhere else to play for a year or two. And my only concern with this is it's it needs to be a venue where our fans in Jacksonville and surrounding area can travel to that venue. Hey, I want to go watch my Jaguars support the Jaguars, whether they're playing in Gainesville, Daytona, <clears throat> even Orlando, or, or even Tallahassee. I even kicked around uh, Savannah the other day, which is about two and a half hours away, but I, I don't think they have a stadium big enough for, for the NFL. So it's got to be someplace close by within anything close by Jacksonville is going to be at least, man, I wish they could build a stadium in Lake City or somewhere like that, but, but, but they're going to completely renovate TIAA Bank Field in 2025 and 2026, which is good. You got to have renovations or basically what amounts to almost getting a brand new stadium, if you will. My, my executive producer said, yeah, that stadium's probably probably 30 years old now or close to it. Isn't that something when you think about that? I remember, I remember wearing the hard hat at uh, when they were redoing the stadium and they were building, completely rebuilding, almost completely rebuilding the, the Gator Bowl. I remember wearing the hard hats. Hope I hope I got one of those hard hats. It had a Jaguar insignia on it, a Jaguar's logo on the hard hat, and everybody that took the tour when they were doing the renovations had to wear that hard hat. I do remember that. Uh, the radio station I ran uh, in western Georgia, we were a Jaguars affiliate. We were one of the first Georgia uh, affiliates, you know, up in south, uh, south, uh, western and western Georgia. And that was a lot of fun, it looks like. But here's the thing. There's a difference. The team wasn't playing then. In 93 and 94, they were preparing to play for the first time. This is going to be actually an interlude in the action. And I kind of I hate this. I mean, it looks like, I mean, the closest place with a major stadium would be basically Florida Field. Uh, the Swamp in Gainesville. That's going to be your closest place. It's probably... Driving distance, it's probably an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes away. If you go to Daytona and play the Speedway, maybe, that's going to be an hour and 15, hour and a half away. Uh, go to Orlando, that's even further. That's like two, two and a half hours. With the traffic, it might be close to three uh, if you get on I-4. So these are some of the places. Tallahassee would be a straight shot down I-10. But that's going to be at least two and a half hours away, right? My only concern is if you're a Jaguars fan and you want to go watch the team play, if you actually want to go watch the team play, you should be able to get in your car and make a road trip. And you shouldn't have to drive more than an hour and a half, two and a half hours to the game. You, you go to the game. Keep in mind, you got to drive back, right? Um. I don't want it to be clear across the country where Jaguars fans have to fly to the game. No, I, that would be ridiculous. So hopefully a deal can be worked out with Gainesville uh, or Daytona, even <clears throat> even Orlando. Um, and I have I have relatives in Orlando. 
my mom is originally from Orlando. Even though I was told here recently, I didn't realize it. She had lived the first few years of her life when she was a toddler. And then probably in kindergarten, she lived in a popka. She broke that news to me several months ago. So I didn't even know that. So you learn something all the time. Um, so I guess the, the number one spot would probably be Gainesville for me being a UF fan, being a Gator fan, but it could be Gainesville, Daytona, Orlando. Maybe it would be a combination. If, if there's a possibility, it's a combination of two or three sites over the, the one or two year period that the renovations take. And if they're going to, if they're going to spend two years renovating a place, it better look, it better look darn good when they finish. We'll take a look at the Jaguars, uh, the Jaguars new schedule for 2023 coming up. Hey, we can, exhale and breathe in and breathe out because 2023 we don't have to worry about the stadium being renovated 2024 don't have to worry about that that's like two years down the road in 2025 and 2026 jacksonville florida we were always the underdog and it's always been the jaguars since since 1993 how about that we're looking at the game through the binoculars of life. When I was a kid, my dad pulled out a pair of binoculars. He had a case for the binoculars too, man, back in the day. We'll take a look at the schedule coming up next. Uh, rookie training camp is going on. Should I mention something about that before the schedule? I'm, I'm getting some early words on Anton Harrison, and I've seen a film on him at the mini camp. This guy is agile for his size. And I think my executive producer's right. I think he's going to end up being pretty close to a pro bowler in the future. He was the first-round pick at number 27, Anton Harrison. Now, here's the news. It appears the first day they were working him out at right tackle. This was a rookie minicamp, so they used another guy at left tackle, certainly not as prominent as Anton Harrison, but because, you know, the veterans are not there. So it would appear from this is that Anton Harrison is probably going to be penciled in to play right tackle in game one. And Walker Little, who played pretty good left tackle at the end of the year, he's getting ready to move into his third year, still on a rookie contract. And with Cam Robinson injured, and even now, more importantly, on the shelf with a suspension looming, I think game one, you're going to have Walker Little at left tackle and most likely Anton Harrison at right tackle. I think sometimes they call him Anton Harris, but it's Anton Harrison, the rookie out of Oklahoma. And he looks agile. He's a big guy, but, man, long and agile for his size. And that ex that excites me because I think this guy could really be something else. Whether he's playing right tackle or left tackle, he may start out playing right tackle with Walker Little at left tackle. And then you got a problem when Cam Robinson comes back from the suspension, whether it's after two games, four games, six games, or however long the suspension is, and you have to decide, are we going to play Cam? Cam's making a lot of money. Cam's also losing a lot of money from the suspension. So what do you do in that case? Time will tell. The training camp is going to be so key to see if Walker Little at left tackle and and uh, rookie Anton Harrison, if that's the way they're going to roll with Walker Little at left tackle and right tackle Anton Harrison. That's kind of the way it looks. We'll take a look at the schedule coming up. 
about a 30% chance of rain out there. We did get some steady showers um, on Friday night. On Friday night, uh, May the 12th, got some steady showers for probably 20 or 30 minutes out here at World Headquarters in the uh, the west side, Riverside area of Jacksonville, Florida. We'll talk about the new schedule coming right up next. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're also brought to you by LakeUfallHits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. Rock Saturdays each and every Saturday. Hits 2000s uh, Monday through Friday evenings. Recognizable or identifiable hits, if you will, is kind of the regular format. Monday through Friday from morning, early morning until late afternoon. And then the hits 2000s come in Monday through Friday evenings or Monday through Friday nights, if you will. Late at night. Deep tracks, album cuts, and unique songs. LakeUfallahits.com. That's LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. And remember, they they really love that show. And a lot of people love uh, Rock Saturdays at LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Remember, the XFL this weekend having their championship game. It's going to be covered on xfltoday.net. Get the scores, the stories, and even some videos. xfltoday.net, one of our sponsors of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And if you're looking to take a travel, you know, he's been putting together a trip to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Get updates on that trip and other trips at Elegant Time Travel. And Dark Diamond Entertainment is putting on, you know, to contact D.D. McDermott. Contact D.D. I'm going to pull up D.D.'s phone number. You can give D.D. a call. If you want to find out more about his uh, his uh, Hall of Fame trip, uh, potential Hall of Fame trip going to um, Canton, Ohio, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame Museum, um, to the uh, stadium up there. I know there's been some USFL games that have been played up in Canton, Ohio as well. I don't follow the USFL as much as I follow the XFL. Love the USFL back in the, uh, um, you know, early to, to mid-1980s. But for any information about DD's trips, please contact DD McDermott at Elegant Time Travel at Dark Diamond Entertainment. I'll give you his phone number. Uh, let's see, you can call DD McDermott. Where is the number? It is a 904 number. Dee is right here uh, in Jacksonville, by the way. So here is Dee McDermott's phone number. Let's see. We're going to pull up his number. It's 904. Dee McDermott's phone number is actually 904. It's right under the picture of Alex Nunnery and the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp baseball player. And that guy, the that's under Alex Nunnery and Jumbo Shrimp outfielder Jack Magnum's picture. So you scroll down, you'll see info, a lot of stuff written out there. Been some high school baseball games. We're starting to cover some of those. The uh, Alex said the regional playoffs are going on. Um, Ridgeview got beat. Alex said that, uh, let me see, I'll give you a little quick score here. Alex said that uh, in high school baseball in the regional playoffs on Friday, May the 12th, 
Clay High School. The Clay High School Blue Devils 5, Ridgeview 3. There's more about that game up on our website at BigJReport.com. If you're looking to take one of those trips to the Pro Football Hall of Fame or wherever elegant time travel could be taking you, book a trip with Dee Dee McDermott. Uh, give him a call, 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810 for elegant time travel and dark diamond entertainment. If you need more info about Dee's trips, such as the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame trip to Canton, Ohio that he's been working on, please contact Dee McDermott at 904-442-3810. Dee will talk sports with you, too. Uh, he's a former uh, professional Baseball player, was a utility player at some of the highest levels of pro baseball. He also played major college baseball as well. D.D. will talk sports with you, 904-442-3810. And even more importantly, he'll talk to you about the trips he's putting together for elegant time travel and dark diamond entertainment. Contact D.D. McDermott. His phone number uh, right here in Jacksonville is 904-442-3810. 904-442-3810. Don't forget the Mad Max Mix. Wednesday night, music request show. Max, thanks for the interview the other night. Max interviewed us, you know, about the Teal Shirt Report podcast you're listening to, about the website, bigjreport.com. And again, the easiest way to listen to the podcast is simply go to the website, scroll our homepage. You'll, you'll find an easy-to-click-on link for the Teal Shirt Report podcast on the homepage. Now, if you'd like to find Mad Max's Wednesday night, Internet Radio Wednesday night music request show, Wednesday night, 6 to 8 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock Eastern Time, go to our website, too, the Neighbors 2 section, the Outside the Box section. You will find an easy-to-click-on link. I heard Max play The Doors the other night. Was it Light My Fire? I think that was the song. Max played a door song. Of course, you hear him play Leonard Skinner, Atlanta Rhythm Section, Alicia Bridges, Joe Jackson, and so many others at the madmaxmix.weebly.com. And again, what I like to do, I go to the website of bigjreport.com. There's easy to click on links within our concert area at bigjreport.com in the Neighbors 2 section, or go to the Outside the Box section. There's an article about Mad Max's show and the Mad Max Mix is what it's called, of course. You can read the article about Mad Max and the Mad Max Mix. Um, Go to our Outside the Box section. You'll find not only the article, but at the the end of the article, you'll find a a link to click on to the Wednesday night Mad Max Mix. The Mad Max Mix, Weebly.com. Internet radio request show. Max will give you his phone number when you're listening. You can text him or call him to get a request on. And sometimes Max will interview me. Sometimes he'll interview uh, JC, our executive producer. So check it out, themadmaxmix.weebly.com. The Mad Max Mix, one of our sponsors right here at the Teal Shirt Report podcast and also at bigjreport.com. We will take a look at the schedule. Jaguars opening up against the Colts. That's right. They, they will open against the Colts. That game... It's going to be up in Indianapolis on September the 10th. The Jaguars should be favored in that game, I would think. Easily, I believe. I think the Jags will come back with a win in that first game. 
However, game two, a little bit more difficult. It will be the home opener uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida on September the 17th. On Sunday, September the 17th, the Jaguars will play Kansas City. I think that game is tentatively scheduled for 1 o'clock, but maybe TV gets involved and they move it to 4 or 4.30 kickoff. Well, time will tell on that. They don't make those decisions until probably, you know, a little closer to the season and maybe a week or two before the, you know, actual kickoff. TV controls everything now, as you know. You're listening to the Till Shirt Report podcast. We cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, uh, and other area sports. We cover the SEC, college football, in particular the SEC when it comes to college football. And we got a lot more coming up. Stay tuned to to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 39. The first number 39 I, I probably have to think about is Larry Zonka, big fullback for the Miami Dolphins back when football was football and a fullback could get a 1,000 yards rushing. And Larry Zonka did it. And there were actually two backs, two different backs in the backfield. Had a 1,000 yards one year for the Miami Dolphins. I remember that. We got more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Memories of Larry Zonka, who actually, by the way, Larry Zonka, I'm not sure if he's still living in Jacksonville, but he has lived in Jacksonville. He's been involved with with some of the past pro football teams in Jacksonville as well, prior to the Jaguars uh, coming to town. We'll talk more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Hey, thank you for tuning in. We got about a 30% chance of rain out here this weekend. Thank you for listening. More to come. I'm your host, Scott, and you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast with more to come. Hey, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast, trying to make sense out of it all and looking through the binoculars, taking a look at the binoculars of life. So we'll take a look at everything going on. We're going to take a look at the schedule. As you know, the first win, it's going to be a win. Whether we play Indy at home or on the road, I'm going to say that is a guaranteed win in the opener. You lose that one, that's that's a bad taste in your mouth. It'll be at Indy game one. KC, the Chiefs, um, revenge game of last year's playoff loss, game two. That'll be a home game, too, September 17th. Also, we're going to get back to all the schedule talk, but I want to talk about the uh, Jacksonville Icemen. They are still alive in the playoffs. After losing, I believe, the first three games, they were down three games to none, I believe. Now they've won a couple on the road, and they're coming back home now. The Jacksonville Icemen sneaking, creeping, and playing their way back into it now. The Florida Everblades uh, lead the series still three games to two, but it's now down to just three games to two. To advance in the second round, the Everblades need just one more win. The Icemen need two back-to-back. That's where it stands now. So the Jacksonville Icemen sneaking and creeping and playing their way back into a now second-round playoff series between the Jacksonville Icemen and the Florida Everblades from South Florida. The Florida Everblades lead the best-of-seven series now. 
just three games to two. It was three games to none. But the Icemen have turned things around, got a couple of wins, um, so the Everblades lead the Icemen three games to two. And they're coming back home for game six. The latest game to be played on the road down in South Florida, the Jacksonville Icemen in game five defeated the Everblades. The Jacksonville Icemen six, the Florida Everblades three, a final on Saturday night, May the 13th of 2023. So the Icemen sneaking and playing their way right back into it. That's right, the Icemen playing their way right back into the second round of the East Coast Hockey League series. Getting closer now with the Everblades now just leading three games to two. The Icemen still got to win two straight games. They're coming back home for game six. I was in the BigJReport.com chat with some of the folks we chat with in there, Alex Nunry, John Minoid, and a few others. And I didn't realize it, but game six would be at home. But if the Icemen win game six, game seven if necessary, and again, the Iceman would have to win game six, otherwise the series is over with. Game six will be in Jacksonville. Game seven will be on the Everblades home ice um, down in South Florida. So that is the latest on the Jacksonville Iceman. Again, the game five final, the Jacksonville Iceman six, the Florida Everblades three, a final on Saturday night, May the 13th of 2023. The Icemen sneaking and playing their way back into the second round of the East Coast Hockey League Series, getting closer now. So we're going to get back to the uh, talk about the schedule that just came out this past week. Uh, Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, too, including my mother, Miss Jamie. I got her a Snoopy Snoopy T-shirt. The shirt says, please don't make me do stuff. That describes my mom to a T. (laughs) Now, she'll do stuff when she wants to do it. But I gave her this shirt, please don't make me do stuff. It's got a picture of Snoopy, like, sleeping on there. And got mom um, some flowers and a a card. My wife, uh, Asky, and, and me got her the flowers. And we got her a card and some chocolate. I think we got mom some some of that sea salt chocolate. And she said, oh, this looks pretty good. So mom's all set up. Good Mother's Day for mom. I hope your mother had a happy Mother's Day. If your mother's no longer living, that's a a tough thing. But there's a lot of moms, a lot of mothers up in heaven. Heaven is going to be a great place. There's a lot of good mothers up in heaven that were great mothers on earth for a long, long time. So so mom was happy. My mom was happy. Mother's Day. It is now May the 14th. We're continuing the, the podcast actually on Sunday, May 14th. So let's go um, take it. We're, so we're doing a segment here on Mother's Day, too. We'll try to finish up episode show number 39. Larry Zonka is the famous number 39 I knew. In college football back in the 1970s. You know, back when football was football, Larry Brinson played fullback. And I get some of these guys' numbers mixed up. Larry Brinson played, I believe, fullback back when the Gators ran the wishbone. 
with head coach. Can you imagine that? There's some fans that never, you know, some of the younger fans never knew the Gators ran the wishbone. But Doug Dick, he decided he had an overabundance of running backs, and he decided he, you know, he might not have enough footballs to go around, but he had a lot of talent in the backfield. He decided to go wishbone. I think Doug Dickey was a little behind some of the other teams that had already been running the wishbone, Texas, Alabama at that time. But Florida did run the wishbone back in the 1970s. That all changed like in 79 in the early 80s when Charlie Pell came on the scene. And I think Charlie's offense was more of a pro style with two running backs and throwing the ball more. You know, Doug Dickey still, they still flung it around. They still threw the ball um, a good bit, but they ran it too with the wishbone. So what I was trying to remember is Larry Brinson, fullback Florida Gators. I could have sworn he was number 39. I do get some of my numbers mixed up. Um, if I can find like um old picture of Larry Brinson. You know, Larry, Larry played, Larry played in the NFL too. He sure did. It looks like he wore 36 in the pros. I'm, I'm pretty positive he wore 39 at Florida. I'm going to have to try to find an old picture. I, I think Larry Benson, Larry Brinson wore 39. Larry was a running back back in the day. Larry was, I think Larry was more of a fullback. Um, but he had an he had an NFL career. I mean, he played for the Dallas Cowboys in '77 to '79, and we know the Cowboys had some really good teams back in the, you know, the 1970s with Roger Staubach. He also played a couple of years with the Seattle Seahawks when they came into the league. Um, Brinson's Larry Brinson's also been a coach, running back coach at Air Force, Arkansas, Clemson, Rice, Kentucky. Man, he's been around. He he was a Super Bowl champion too. Super Bowl champion, I believe that was Super Bowl number 12 Larry was playing in. I'm pretty sure he, uh, see, you know, Larry did a lot after he left Florida. Man, he played in the NFL, has coached. Let me see if I can find Larry Brinson's number at Florida. Because Florida had, I mean, Florida had a myriad of running backs back in the 1970s. Um, I tell you, just ask some of those offensive line that were blocking for him, man. Uh, we've got, we got a guy in our Facebook group played offensive line for Florida. Uh, Bruce Mullenix said, uh, he, he, and he was a great offensive lineman too, very good offensive lineman. And there were some good backs in Florida back in the 1970s. Um, Larry Brinson, I can pull up a Florida Gator photo of him when he played for the Gators. Let me see here. Yeah, there's a Seattle Seahawk. You know, I'm having trouble finding Larry's um, Florida Gator photo. That was back in the 70s. Man, if I could find a Larry Brinson photo, I'm almost sure Larry played uh, fullback in Florida. But he had a different number in the NFL. Okay, I'm pretty sure he was 39. But I'm going to research it some more. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm going to say Larry wore number 39. Now, now here's an interesting aspect of these numbers. You know, in our, our last podcast, we talked about Andre Sisco wearing 38. And he did for a while, but now he switched to number five. 
He's got Brother Bortles' old number with the Jaguars. Safety, Andre Sisku, I believe he was wearing number five last year. Because I remember on a goal line play, somebody got blown up. Somebody got just shoved out of the way. And I said, who's wearing number five? And somebody said, oh, that was Andre Sisko. Now, Andre is used to lashing out the hits, too. But he did take a vicious one down at the goal line, which made me think might need a bigger, stronger safety. But at times, the players are so big and fast in the NFL, almost everybody's going to take a shot and a spill from time to time, right? So we like to research the numbers. I believe, did we mention that um, Andre was wearing 38 in the last episode, but then he switched to number five, I believe last year. I know last year, as it was pointed out to me by our good contributor and supporter, John Gaylor, that Andre Sisko had switched to number five, brother, brother, quarterback, brother Bortles, old number. So this numbers game is a lot of fun, you know, because a lot of times people watch football players, especially when they're kids and they kind of zero in on the number. I'm pretty sure Larry Brinson was number 39. I cannot quite, um, you see if I can find it. There's a there's an old photo there. Uh, I think that was a Cowboys photo, actually. Larry played for the Cowboys for about three years. Well, it looked like he wore number 36 with the, the Cowboys. Um, if I can find an old Larry Brinson photo when he played with the Gators. He played back in that Doug Dickey era, 1970s. I keep pulling up. I keep seeing Larry Brinson with the Cowboys photo. He wore number 36 uh, with the Cowboys. Larry Brinson, fullback. I remember that guy. He was a good player, and he turned out to be really looking back at it in retrospect. Larry Brinson turned out to be a much better pro football player than I thought he would or even remembered he was, right? So... So I think most of Larry's game photos were with the Cowboys that I'm seeing. I'm not seeing one with Florida. He did play in the wishbone at Florida. Yeah. Keep pulling up the Cowboys photo when he wore 36. So we'll try to somehow substantiate that number 39. Numbers get confusing sometimes. We'll go ahead and uh, get off of that subject for a moment. We'll go to the schedule because I know everybody wants to discuss the schedule, uh, which is coming up for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The schedule release was just a few days ago, as you know. I believe it was, what, Thursday of last week. So we will pull up the schedule. We, we know the Jaguars open at Indianapolis. Uh, they got a home game in London. They got a road game in London back-to-back, and that's a little bit controversial. Our executive producer, JC, says that is just unheard of to do that. Um, however, the Jags are playing a home game in London. The home game is against the Atlanta Falcons. It is counting as a home game in London against the Atlanta Falcons. And the next week, they play the Buffalo Bills. And that is considered a road game and Buffalo's home game in London. These are like early October games, actually. So right now we're going to pull up. Let me see if I can uh, pull up the schedule of the Jaguars. Latest schedule. You know that uh, we've been talking about 
at nauseum Indy. We mentioned that about three times they opened the season uh, at Indianapolis. The Jaguars are going to win that game. Kansas City, that tilt could go either way uh, in game two. Let's go back to game one. It's September the 10th at Indianapolis, scheduled for 1 o'clock p.m. The September the 17th game, the Jaguars at home versus Kansas City. That's a game that some people are talking about. Man, that could be moved to maybe a 4 o'clock game. It's a revenge game. Uh, Heck, if they play it at 1 o'clock, let's give Kansas City the heat at 1 o'clock on September the 17th, right? Uh, TIA Bankfield, I keep hearing they're going to change the name of the stadium because TIA Bank is kind of going away in Jacksonville. I guess it's still known as TIA Bankfield until we hear something new. But at home, you got Kansas City's the home opener. This is the Jacksonville, Florida home opener, the Jaguars, September 17th. So we'll go back to September the 10th, week number one. The Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. The Jaguars are going to win that game. Week number two, September the 17th, the Jaguars will play the Kansas City Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes should be 100% healthy this time when he comes in. I've been hearing all types of rumors about the Pat. Mahomes' injury last year, was it serious or was it not serious? Uh, he played with it. I'm drinking the, drinking the coffee, a little mix of um, that old stuff, that stuff they used to drink from a tin can, Folgers 18 to 50, I think. And then we mixed in some 8 o'clock. What is that 8 o'clock stuff that I've been drinking? And we... We were talking to Mad Max, who does a show on Wednesday nights at madmaxmix.weebly.com. I was on the phone with Max when I was at the grocery store, and they had the dark roast, French roast, 8 o'clock coffee. They had it buy one, get one. So, you know, I like a deal. So we went ahead and got that. So we're drinking 8 o'clock coffee, mixing it with some stuff I bought a couple of weeks ago, the Folgers. I love the Folgers Black Silk, but I'm taking a chance on Folgers Premium 1850 Coffee. That's like that old stuff, like you used to drink in a tin cup in the old Western movies, I think. But it's okay, but I don't think it's, it's not going to make my top four or five coffees. So when you get something like that, like a Folgers 1850, or shall I say it's Seattle's Worst? which in the store they call it Seattle's Best, which I, I do not like Seattle's Best. Nothing against them personally or business-wise, but I kept thinking, man, I'm going to like this coffee. And I tried it two or three times, and I walked away from Seattle's Best, kind of calling it Seattle's Worst. Just my opinion. Everybody's got different taste buds when it comes to food, coffee, etc. So the Jaguars open the season, but but the the coffee... The coffee, I just want to let everybody know I'm doing a mix of the Folgers 1850 and the 8 o'clock coffee, which, you know, I was telling you, it's the 8 o'clock coffee that was buy one, get one a week or two ago over at the local grocery store. Dark roast, French roast. The French roast at 8 o'clock puts out is a dark roast. Robust, smoky, and complex. I do need a complex coffee sometimes with everything going on out there. We're just trying to make sense out of it all. The schedule's out. We'll repeat again. The Jaguars open on September the 10th at the Indianapolis Colts. You can mark that down. That's a W. That is an absolute W for the Jaguars.
in 2023. The Kansas City game, if I had to call it, I'd probably say an L. Um, it's going to be revenge um, in the year. That's a home game. That's here in Jacksonville, Florida, at our home stadium, whatever the home stadium is going to be called. Last I heard, we were still calling the home stadium TIAA Bank Field. September the 17th, I'm assuming KC will be favored slightly when they come in here. I'm going to – I'd probably take KC. KC probably wins that game, but it's probably a pretty good football game. Uh, September the 24th, the Jaguars got the Houston Texans at home. September 24th, that's a W also. That's a win. And, you know, if you get beat by Houston at home and you get some injuries, man, things could snowball the wrong direction very, very quickly. That is how this thing teeters in the NFL. In 2018, we saw a Jaguars team go 3-1. and one. Then the injuries hit. You know, all the tight end injuries. The injuries to the O-line, some defensive stalwarts going down in 2018, the, actually the most riddled injury plague season in Jacksonville Jaguars history was in 2018, the year after the Jaguars incredibly lost to the Patriots. They never should have lost that game. That was the AFC uh, championship game from the 2017 season, the actual AFC Championship game was played in January 2018. Ad nauseum, I can talk about that game and make an entire episode about it, but I'm I'm going to leave it alone. Thank goodness, right? Uh, so the first three games are at Indianapolis, at Indianapolis, September the 10th. That's going to be a win. September the 17th, probably a loss at home against the KC Chiefs. September the 24th, that better be a win against the Houston Texans, and I think it will be. I think Jacksonville outscores Houston. I think the Jags have too much offense for Houston and will win that game at home by a touchdown or maybe two touchdowns. The first of two London games is the home game in London, October the 1st, the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta is rebuilding. The Jags should win that game, but you know, the Falcons have really had quarterback issues the last couple of years, not knowing who they were going to play a quarterback, whether they play a rookie or a veteran. They're kind of caught. The Falcons are kind of caught in the mid-plux of quarterback, a quarterback playing or not playing. So, you know, thank goodness the Jaguars now have a franchise quarterback moving into his third year. Trevor Lawrence obviously, obviously is, a, is going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL this year perhaps even a top five quarterback. We'll see how it all plays out because, you know, Trevor Lawrence took a big step forward, especially in the second half of the season and in, in year two of uh, his career as a quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No doubt about that. So the Atlanta Falcons game in London, I'm going to, man, I'm going to pencil it down as a win. That's, uh, that's three wins. I'm looking down at the rest of this thing. You know, when I looked at the first eight games, when I first glanced at the schedule, I said this, the Jags are probably going to be five and three. They could be better. They could be worse. But five and three is about where I think they'd be. Uh, you know, you got New Orleans. The Jaguars have some critical games coming up at New Orleans and at Pittsburgh. I, I don't think they win both of those games. They're going to lose one of those games. Um, the Jags may lose the Buffalo game in London. 
That's actually a home game for Buffalo, but the Jags have a bit of an advantage in that game because they will already have been in London for a week. So they're going to be a little bit more, a little bit, a little bit more used to the surroundings in London. I don't think a team has never stayed in London for another week and played another game. So this is like history in the making for Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you look at the first five games at Indy, home home against Kansas City at home, uh, hosting Houston on September the 24th, the Atlanta Falcons, October the 1st in London, the Buffalo Bills, October the 8th in, in London. The October the 8th Buffalo Bills game is actually officially a road game for the Jaguars. The Jaguars have had more experience going to London. The Jaguars have actually beaten uh, the Bills in London back when Brother Bortles, number five, was the quarterback of the Jaguars. Uh, hit, hit, um, who was it? They hit, uh, you know, you know who it was. It was, uh, you know, the kid out of Miami that I met the, I met the kid before, uh, Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns caught the winning touchdown against Buffalo a few years ago. So then after playing the Falcons in London, the Buffalo Bills in London on October the 8th, so you got the Falcons October the 1st in London, the Buffalo Bills October the 8th in London. Those are both 9.30 a.m. kickoffs on a Sunday morning, Eastern time. Obviously, the kickoff is five or six hours later, London time. The Jags get back, and when they get back, uh, from two weeks in London, there's not an open date awaiting them. They have to play Indianapolis. And let me say this, that could be really tough. You play two weeks in a row in London, you travel all the way over there, you travel all the way back, and then you play Indy. That might be the only saving grace is that you're going to play the Indianapolis Colts, but they got a decent roster and they're not the worst team in the league. And I don't believe Indy's the worst team in the division. You know, I think it's basically going to run Jacksonville, probably still Tennessee at number two. Uh, the Colts at number three, and the Texans are probably the worst team in the division at fourth. So the Jags will probably win that game against Indy at home. It's tough to, you know, it's tough to sweep a team, you know, no matter where they are in your division or where they're ranked in the NFL power rankings. Let's see, October the 15th, the Jaguars play the Indianapolis Colts, 1 o'clock p.m. kickoff, October the 15th. That game will be home in Jacksonville. Then you got a road trip. You got a serious uh, couple of road games uh, at New Orleans on October the 19th. That's an 8-15 game, by the way. That's going to be a Thursday nighter um, at New Orleans. I believe that's a, that's actually a Thursday night game at New Orleans, 8-15 p.m. kickoff. Uh, then 10 days later, October the 29th, you play at the Pittsburgh Steelers at 1 o'clock p.m. Then you get the bye week in week nine. So those are the first eight games, and no matter how you slice it, I think the Jags are five and three. I think they're going to lose to one of them, either on those, that road trip at New Orleans, at Pittsburgh. I think they lose one of those two games. I think the Jags are going to finish it. I, you know, and it's hard for me to specify which ones they're going to lose right now, but I see them losing at least three games in the first eight. So I see the Jags going five and three. The bye week is in week nine. Then week 10, you got game nine. 
the Jaguars play the San Francisco 49ers. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a cool game right here in Jacksonville. The Jacksonville Jaguars play the San Francisco 49ers, one o'clock PM kickoff. Who the 49ers are playing at quarterback? Um the ninth game of the season for the Jaguars here in Jacksonville is anybody's guess. It could be the guy, what's his name, Purdy, that played at the end of the year. Uh, it could be the other quarterback that they had drafted. You know, there were rumors that Trey Lance would be traded. At last juncture, I believe he's still with the 49ers, right, Trey Lance? Um, I'm not sure the fans are happy with Trey Lance or they'd be playing him, right, more often. Uh, Trey Lance is still with the 49ers. They're going to have a very, they're going to have a very interesting training camp. Um, you know, Trey Lance, a young guy, 23 years of age. I believe this is, is this is only his second year in the NFL out of North Dakota state. 23 years of age, originally from Marshall, Minnesota played, you know, played at a smaller level of college football. You know, he played for North Dakota State. Trey Lance has some skills, some athletic skills, but is it just going to take him more time to get elevated and used to the playing at the NFL level? Will he ever become a star at the NFL level? Will the 49ers give Trey Lance a fair shot to win the starting job? Or is it going to be the other guy, right? What's the guy's name? Is his name Purdy? Okay, so the 49ers quarterback, the other guy's named Purdy, right? So let's see, Brock Purdy, that's the guy's name. I see a cool picture of Brock Purdy on eBay right now. A lot of good stuff on eBay. Uh, Brock Purdy canvas photo. That's a a cool photo. They're wanting about $39.99 for that on... uh, on eBay. Nice, nice looking picture of Brock Purdy. So is it going to be Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, or who? Um, but the Jaguars will see the 49ers. And again, the Jags are basically going to, um, you know, their defense will play whoever the 49ers entrust to the controls at quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. On November the 12th, that's a home game. That's kind of cool. The San Francisco 49ers coming to Jacksonville, 1 o'clock p.m. on November the 12th. It may not be the easiest thing in the world for a team to go from the West Coast to the East Coast because it's always been difficult the other way with an East Coast team going to the West Coast. The 49ers, I mean, these guys were in the playoffs last year, right? No telling where the 49ers will be at this stage of the season when they come to Jacksonville. I would like to call that a win, but I can't say for sure. That that, that may be a toss-up. Uh, then the Tennessee Titans come to Jacksonville. We know about that one on November the 19th. Uh, heck, we can, we can call that one a win, right? Tennessee Titans coming to Jacksonville. Um, let, me, let me pull that schedule back up. Let's see, the Tennessee Titans come to Jacksonville. That'll be a home game at Jacksonville. The Jacksonville Jaguars versus Tennessee Titans, November the 19th at 1 o'clock p.m. We'll talk more about the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars 2023 schedule coming up as the Teal Shirt Report podcast rolls on. 
Thank you for tuning in. Hey, we'll be right back. Okay, we're going to get right back to the Jaguars schedule that we've been looking at. Let's see, we last left off with the Jaguars playing the Tennessee Titans on November the November the 19th. That would be a home game in Jacksonville. Titans, not what they were, but still in all, they still might. Maybe they're squeaking out to the point where they're still going to be the second place team in the AFC South behind the Jaguars this year. And that sounds good, right? However, you got to play them on the field. And um, the Tennessee Titans game is November the 19th in Jacksonville, one o'clock kickoff. You know, they can move any of these games from one o'clock to four o'clock or even to what Sunday night. But the November 26th game, the uh, Titans is November the 26th. Um, November the 26th in Houston against the, uh, Houston Texans. Let me back up to the Titans though. You know, you know, we got all these teams. They, they, their names sound like the Titans, the Texans. Let's go back to the Titans game on November the 19th. That's a home game in Jacksonville, the Tennessee Titans and the Jaguars scheduled to kick off at one o'clock PM the next week, November 26th, the Jaguars are in Houston to play the Texans at one o'clock PM. Then there's a December 4th game, which actually that's going to be, I believe, the Monday night game. The Jaguars are on Monday night football versus the Cincinnati Bengals. You're going to have Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence going at it, but it's not on the road. It's at home. This is a home game in Jacksonville. Cincinnati Bengals, Monday night football, December the 4th, 8.15 p.m. Joe Burrow for Cincinnati. The Jaguars going with Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars have got to keep a healthy team or this thing could snowball the wrong way. That's plain and simple. Um, the Jags have drafted some interesting players. A running back out of Auburn. What's his name? Tank. What's his name? Tank Thisby, right? Thigsby? Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. I'll get used to saying his name. He was a big-time running back at the collegiate level at Auburn. He was a third-round pick. Jags are going to be starting. It looks like Anton Harrison, the tackle, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma, may start at right tackle. Walker Little, the third-year guy, played his college ball, I believe, at Stanford. He'll be starting at left tackle. And then the guard, Sheriff at right guard. Center should be Fortner. He'll be a second-year player out of Kentucky. Left guard's going to be more than likely Ben Barch or um, Tyler Shatley. At left guard, let's hope the guys can stay healthy. But, you know, during an NFL season, injuries happen. And then the wild card in all of this is Cam Robinson. Is Looks like he's going to be suspended for the first maybe two to six games. Could be two games, four games, six games, et cetera. We'll find out about that soon. So he may be coming back after game two or after game four, possibly after game six and Will he start, go back, and play at left tackle? What will happen? Also, things can happen. Players can get injured. So you got to hope that Walker Little stays healthy at left tackle. You know, Anton Harrison, you want him to be healthy, man. That's an agile-looking player, man. He's, he's going to be – this is a potential, potential future pro bowler, I think. Anton Harris, who – We'll start out at right tackle, we believe, may move to left tackle, you know, later on 
in his career with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll see what happens. So the Cincinnati game, uh, that's a good that's a good football team. Cincinnati coming to Jacksonville on December the 4th, 8.15 p.m. That's a Monday night football game in Duval. Duval. December the 10th, and it could be a little cold December the 10th when the Jaguars travel up to Cleveland to play the Browns. It is a 1 o'clock in the afternoon game. 14th week of the season, the 13th game of the season at Cleveland. I like the Jags' chances even on the road at Cleveland. Baltimore at home on December the 17th. That would be a Sunday. That's actually a Sunday night game with the Ravens. It's scheduled for 8.20 p.m. That will be a Sunday night game. I believe Sunday night is still NBC, I believe, right? So that would be a Sunday night game. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's in Jacksonville again. That's in Duval. Jacksonville Jaguars hosting Baltimore, 8.20 p.m., Sunday night, December the 17th. So you got some primetime games. You got a Thursday night game, a Monday night game, and a Sunday night game. December the 17th, the Jaguars hosting the Baltimore Ravens at 8.20 p.m. December the 24th, Christmas Eve. That's going to be a Sunday late afternoon game. And somehow they've got this one slated as a Sunshine State battle. That's going to actually start at Tampa, Tampa Bay, a 405 game. So that's got like what national implications to it. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not really sure who the quarterback will be for Tampa Bay. I, I understand Baker Mayfield is now on their roster. Um, they've got, of course, Kyle Trask. It's going to be interesting to see how Tampa Bay's team starts developing with uh, life after Tom Brady. Tom Brady really only played in Tampa for a couple of years, but he he did win a Super Bowl his first year in at Tampa Bay. So the Jaguars play at Tampa Bay. I've got to believe the Jaguars are going to have a better team than Tampa Bay, better quarterback situation. And I think the Jaguars can win that game at Tampa Bay. Carolina Panthers, this is a team that's uh, going to start things out with Bryce Young. Number one, um, numero uno, number one pick, Bryce Young, rookie quarterback at Alabama, but that's it. He's a rookie quarterback. I like the Jags' chances on December the 31st at home versus Carolina. However, a rookie quarterback late in the year, week 17, is probably not not so much a rookie quarterback by week 17. He's going to get better as the season goes along. As evidence in the past of rookie quarterbacks, they get better the more games they play, the more games they get under their belt, the more their offensive line can gel together some. That could be a tough game, though. December the 31st, the Jaguars hosting the Carolina Panthers at home. Two franchises that came into the league at the same exact time. Back in first year they played was 1995. They both got their franchises in 1993. Carolina got their franchise about a month before the Jaguars got, you know, before the Jaguars got awarded the franchise here in Jacksonville, Florida, for uh, Jacksonville to become the Jacksonville Jaguars. Officially, the franchise was born in 1993. The Jaguars and the Carolina Panthers started playing games both both of them back in 1995. Final game of the year could move. The Jacksonville Jaguars up in Nashville at the Tennessee Titans. Game time to be determined. 
the game could be January the 6th or it could be January the 7th. So that game will either be, I believe that's on a Saturday and or Sunday, January the 6th or January the 7th at the Tennessee Titans. You're playing on a road, playing on the road, the final 17th game of the year at Tennessee. You got to think that that rookie quarterback is uh, going to be better late in the year. And most likely it's going to be Will Levis. He was drafted or it could be the veteran, could be the veteran guy that's um, still there actually. So we'll see what happens at Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. That game is to be determined. The time is to be determined, and the date could be January the 6th or January the 7th. I think the Jags, I really think the uh, I really think the Jaguars go about 11 and 6 if they stay reasonably healthy and they don't suffer long-term injuries to key positions. And we know what the key positions are, the the key skilled positions or a key player along the defensive front. So that's, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of what we're looking at. That's, that's pretty much the schedule. I think the Jaguars can go five and three through the first eight games. Uh, The last nine games, I think the Jags win six. So they go five and three and six and three, and that would make them 11 and six in a 17-game schedule. That's my prediction. That's better than last year. The Jags were 9-8 and eight at the conclusion of the 17 games last year. They got hot at the end of the year and incidentally won the AFC South Division title in the 2022 season. The 2023 season we're now talking about could be very interesting. I like the Jaguars to win 11, go 11-6, and six, win 11, lose 6 and win the AFC South title for the second year in a row. we got more coming up. We're going to talk uh, other area sports, semi-pro football. There's a pretty cool playoff game that's going to come up, and it's actually going to be here in Jacksonville. I wanted to kind of throw this out there. I've talked to some people with uh, uh, the Bold City, the Bold City Avengers, and they're going to play the Savannah Falcons. And let us see. We talked to uh, Channing Owens, whose uh, husband is uh, one of the owners of the Bold City uh, Bold City Avengers. It used to be known as the Argyle Avengers. Now they're known as the Bold City Avengers. And let's see. The playoffs are going to be starting in the EAFL. Uh, first round of the playoffs, May the 27th. And the Bold City Avengers will be playing the Savannah Falcons from up in Savannah. We know one of the players with Savannah, uh, their linebacker, J.R. Hughes, plays with Savannah. And I hit, I messaged J.R. and he said, yeah, he's going to be playing in that game. That's going to be pretty cool. You got some time to get ready for semi-pro football. It's going to be on the west side of Jacksonville on Wilson Boulevard at the uh, SOS Academy football field. And that is going to be on May the 27th. I'll try to get a game time. I'm, I'm assuming it will be in the early in the evening. I'll try to get a game time on that. But the Savannah Falcons will play the Bold City Avengers. And that's going to be in the first round of the EAFL semi-pro football playoffs. 
on May the 27th. We'll talk North Florida Entertainment, run down some uh, concerts, probably have an update on the Jumbo Shrimp coming up as well. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Hey, we got more to come. You know what the you know what the cool thing about this podcast is, the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Hey, you keep listening, we're gonna get give you further updates. Cause this is a new segment. It's Monday morning. Monday morning, May the 15th. APDFL first round playoffs. This this score was given to me by David Martin, um, I believe late yesterday, or maybe a few hours before that. Uh, Pensacola Panthers uh, defeated the Fair Hope Storm. Pensacola Panthers 22, the Fair Hope Storm 12. I got a report over in the EAFL that the Bold City Avengers will play the Savannah Falcons in the EAFL playoffs. And I believe that game is starting May the 24th. Or it was going to be played May the 24th. I don't have a starting time on that. Maybe I can get a starting time for that as well. I'm sure it's in the evening. It's going to be here locally on the west side of Jacksonville, Florida. Um, let me see. J.R. Hughes, by the way, former linebacker, the Southern Steam. He, he played for the Southern Steam for quite a while. He plays for the Savannah Falcons in the outdoor league. He told me he's looking forward to the game. I talked to Channing Owens, who's the wife of Paul Owens, one of the owners. And Channing is is highly involved with the team as well and has really helped us a lot with getting us reports out on what's going on. Um, the Bold City Avengers, they did not play this past weekend. Actually, they received a forfeit this past weekend. Um the uh, team they were supposed to play didn't come. Now, and again, you know, what we're talking about here is the underworld of semi-pro outdoor and indoor arena football. So the Bold City Avengers got a forfeit, but they're in the playoffs. Playoffs? That's right, the Bold City Avengers will play the Savannah Falcons. I know one guy, I do know one guy that plays for the Falcons, the Savannah Falcons, that is linebacker. J.R. Hughes, good player. The game's going to be in um, Jacksonville, May 27th. That will be a first-round playoff game in the EAFL. Um, You know, as I told you, uh, David Martin reported to us that the Pensacola Panthers, back over in the APDFL in the first-round playoffs, the Pensacola Panthers defeated the Fairhope Storm in the first round of the playoffs. Pensacola Panthers 22 the Fair Hope Storm 12, a final, as reported to us by our uh, contributor of semi-pro football, uh, David Martin, who's played a good number of years in semi-pro football himself. So we're going to give you, we're going to give you, when I say the underworld of semi-pro football, outdoor, and even indoor and arena football, I say it in the most complimentary way. Uh, these are great guys. Uh, most most of these guys I met are just super nice guys, and they'll, they'll help you any way they can. And that's why I like that's why I like talking about their leagues and teams. Um, 
We are going to tell you that the XFL championship has been decided. I've got to say something about Bob Stoops. Great coach at Oklahoma. He was a great defensive coordinator at the University of Florida under Steve Spurrier. And what he did with the Arlington Renegades is amazing. They had a 4-6 and six record in the regular season. Now, the way the XFL sets up is you have a South Division championship game and a North Division title game, so they don't really seed them one through four. So it's the top two teams from each division. Now, Arlington finished in second, but, you know, they, they slid in there with a four and six record. However, Coach Bob Stoops said, hey, we're here. We're in the playoffs. He put together two really good game plans. First, to defeat the Houston Roughnecks, and then the team with the best record in the XFL, the D.C. Defenders. What does Bob Stoops do? He puts together another game plan for the title game. They win the game and win the XFL title. My vote for XFL Coach of the Year is Bob Stoops. He won the big games, the biggest games in this league. Again, my vote for XFL Coach of the Year is Bob Stoops, who just coached a 6-6 six six team to an XFL playoff championship and an XFL title in the XFL title game. The Arlington Renegades 35, the D.C. Defenders 26, the final score on Saturday night, May 13th of 2023. The game was played in, I believe, the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. So that is some of what's going on in the XFL, even the APDFL and the EAFL was a playoff matchup coming up May 27th in Jacksonville on the west side of Jacksonville, Wilson Boulevard, SOS Academy Field. I've been there a few times and I, I, I told Channing with the Bold City Avengers, I'll probably be at this one. A good friend of mine on Facebook, uh, JR, who i I've met before. He's uh, played for the Southerns team. Very vicious, hard-hitting linebacker. Works out a lot. He's always doing those uh, workout videos on on Facebook and his story. J.R. Hughes. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to that game. I believe it's not it's not this coming weekend, but the following weekend on May the 27th. Jacksonville Jaguars football. Well, mini camp has been going on, and What's interesting is we're getting a few reports out of minicamp now. Anton Harrison is looking the part, very agile offensive lineman. Probably will. He's been, the Jaguars been working him out at right tackle. So I think the feeling is the season starts. If the season were to start today, I think you got Anton Harrison at right tackle. And, of course, Walker Little at left tackle with Cam Robinson still hurt. But even... Even the fact that he'll miss more time due to some PEDs and a possible suspension, that's going to happen. He's going to get two games, four games, maybe as much as six games. We'll keep an eye on that. One of the real bright spots, and you know my, my executive producer told me that this was a home run selection. So we're getting some info out of minicamp. There's been a couple of sources that are uh, telling us that that uh, there's a running back with the Jaguars in the third round. Tank Bigsby, the number 88th overall pick. Um, he he wasn't able to, uh, in some of the reports I'm seeing, let's see, let's take a look. Tank Bigsby 
Um, many, many scouting reports praised him as a physical athletic runner, but question his pass catching abilities. However, Bigsby, Bigsby apparently from some people that were at training camp, they're saying that he's got good hands. He's going to catch some passes. And of course that's, um, you know, Mr. Bigsby, um, third round running back tank Bigsby out of Auburn, number 88th overall. Um, Bigsby's having a good minicamp. We'll just kind of leave it at that. He's having a really, really good uh, minicamp. Um, the Jaguars, of course, you know, have a couple of uh, good pass-catching backs on the roster in Travis Etienne and Jermichael Hasty. Um, so the team's not really lacking in that area. And if, you know, again, if Bigsby can uh, – has some speed, some pass-catching abilities. And, I mean, he had great seasons at Auburn. The third-round pick may be a home run, as as we're hearing. Um, some of the reports are saying that, that Bigsby has had some really good mini-camp days, many very good rookie mini-camp days. Um. So a lot of people are liking what they're seeing in the early going with rookie running back Tank Bigsby, who's either going to be probably second string or third string. It's going to be a battle at training camp. Uh, Travis Etienne's your starter. Jermichael Hasey's got to be considered the second string back at this time. But I think he's going to be really pushed by running back Tank Bigsby. And he's on a rookie deal. And that could be that could also be a difference between Jermichael Hasty and Mr. Bigsby. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, what I'm hearing from different reports is Bigsby's um, pass catching skills. He's being he's actually being applauded and being praised for his pass catching skills. Very athletic guy in Bigsby. He's the type of running back you want on the roster, a guy that can catch some passes. He could take off and run it between the tackles and around the tackles. And so the Jaguars, I'm not going to say they're loaded at running back, but they're deep. You know, they're going, and, and then you include uh, Snoop Connor. They're about four deep. And then they, they got a free agent running back out of Cleveland who did play some. You know, he was primarily backing up. Uh, Nick Chubb at Cleveland, the Jaguars got, and then I saw the other day, they actually had signed a, a free agent running back who probably won't make the team, but they got five or they're going to have five or six, probably as many as six running backs in camp. The running back position looks good for the Jaguars. So does wide receiver. Um, O-line looking forward to seeing Anton Harrison playing right tackle. Uh, Walker little played, good at left tackle at the end of the season when he had to come in for an injured Cam Robinson, and now he's going to take the reins. It looks like going into training camp, the plan is um, Walker Little starting at left tackle as the season starts, and Anton Harrison on the right side at right tackle. You got a guy in um, Sheriff, Brandon Sheriff, at uh, right guard. Fordner's your second-year center out of Kentucky. And left guard, hopefully – 
Hopefully, Barch, who got hurt early in the season last year, Ben Barch can come back. So it appears it's either going to be Shatley or Ben Barch at uh, left guard. So that's kind of your offensive line. And there's some other guys that are, that are going to push those starters too. Believe you me. Um, we're, we're seeing a lot of stuff about Bigsby. He caught everything thrown his way is what is what I'm hearing in, in training camp. Or, or this is actually rookie minicamp. So let's get that straight. This is rookie minicamp. And apparently, Bigsby, who really, I don't know if he was really known for his pass-catching ability, but apparently he's caught everything thrown his way. Um, and he, he's, a, he's a quick player. Agile, a very strong running back is what I'm is what I'm hearing as well. So we're getting, you know, various reports out there. Um, I saw some stuff that um, Demetrius Harvey wrote about Bigsby boy, really, you know, really praising the uh, third round running back out of Auburn. So the Jags may have got him a steal in the third round, or at least a home run, as my executive producer says. Uh, the Jaguars selected Auburn running back Tank Bigsby with the 88th overall pick in the NFL draft. I think there's another steal in the fifth round, and we're talking about a safety who's going to be a thumper. He's going to be a thumper, man. He can time those passes, and he took an interception all the way to the house against UCLA when he played for Texas A&M. And I'm talking about one safety. I call him A.J. Antonio Johnson, A.J. Looks like a steal in the fifth round uh, for the Jaguars. So that's some of what's going on. Uh, Jumbo Shrimp back on the winning track against one of the better teams in the uh, in AAA baseball. The uh, Jumbo Shrimp now 19-18. and 18. The Jumbo Shrimp won their Sunday game. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 8. The Norfolk Tides 2. So the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 8, Norfolk 2. Norfolk, that is a big win because Norfolk is 20, like 28 and 10. The Jumbo Shrimp are now 19 and 18, but the Norfolk Tides are 28 and 10. So the Jumbo Shrimp with a big win on Sunday. That would have been on uh, Sunday, May 14th. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 8, the Norfolk Tides 2, the final score. Uh, we're also going to take a look. We're going to take a look at some um, North Florida entertainment uh, coming up as well. Let's go ahead and do that now. Let's get some of the concerts. Uh, you know, I know my my good friends, uh, Psychic Deli, were over at um, were over obviously at the um, Boussoir. That was over the weekend. So we'll take a look at some uh, concerts coming up. By the way, I had lunch. You know, now that we're having an updated segment here, I did have lunch with Larry Saucer with Saucerility and Capital. Man, he's working hard uh, as far as real estate deals go, whether you're buying, selling, Saucerility and Capital and Saucer Valuations, too. They they can, uh, they're doing a lot of land appraising uh, and property appraising uh, right now with Saucerility and Capital. Please go to our website at bigjreport.com. Scroll the homepage where we have the North Florida uh, weather information. Click on the link to Saucerility and Capital. Let me tell you, this is a this is a trusted guy in real estate. 
and property appraisals, Larry Saucer and his staff at Saucer Realty and Capital. They do deals in Jacksonville, Gainesville, Live Oak, Lake City, and most all areas in between, and even a little bit south of the uh, North Florida line as well. Let's uh, take a look at some concerts here. I think we will. Um, some shows have come and gone. Robert Plant and Allison Krauss raising the roof tour. They were in St. Augustine Friday, May the 12th. Hopefully I can, I didn't go to the show, but if I hear someone that did, we'll let you know how it was. Uh, Psychedelic Furs coming up this Tuesday night, May 16th of 2023 at 8 o'clock PM at the Florida Theater uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, don't forget the internet radio show Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max. The Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Show, Wednesday Night Music Request Show. That is the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Wednesday Night Music Request Show from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock Eastern Time. That's 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock Central Time. And can be accessed at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com. You can also, well, what's easy for me to do is I go to our website, bigjreport.com. You scroll the Neighbors 2 page, you'll find a link for Mad Max's show. I think there's a couple of links on the Neighbors 2 page. The outside the box section, there's an article about Mad Max's show. If you're interested in, you know, the type of music and what he does, check out the article in the outside the box section. There's also a link at the end of the article where you can click on the link and listen to the show. Wednesday night, 6 till 8 o'clock Central Time. That is 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock Eastern Time for the Mad Max Mix. Back to these concerts, Psychedelic Furs, on Tuesday night, May the 16th of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida. Also, local, um, North Florida local band Psychic Deli uh, played the Voussoir in Atlantic Beach, Florida at 51 Robert Road and Mayport Road. They played the Voussoir this past Saturday night. May 13th, it was a late show starting around 9 o'clock on Saturday, this past Saturday, May 13th. Hope you had a chance to go to it. If you missed Psychic Psychic Deli, if you missed Psychic Deli at the Voussoir, they will be playing also outdoors again in Avondale at Cheers Craft Beer. That's right, Psychic Psychic Deli, if you missed him at the Voussoir, you can see him. In the West Side Riverside area in Avondale at Cheers Craft Beer. Psychic Deli will be playing outdoors again in Avondale at Cheers Craft Beer and Wine on Herschel and St. John's Avenue at 4 o'clock p.m. on Friday afternoon, May the 19th of 2023. Check them out. North Florida local band Psychic Deli. And I may show up at that one sometime. They'll probably play for. I don't know. They'll play They'll play into the evening. They might play two, three, four hours over there. They play a long time, and it's a good atmosphere. It's going to be more of an intimate atmosphere, just playing in front of uh, Cheers Craft Beer. There's a small parking lot in that area. You can park down the road and walk up a block or two and check out the show. And I think I'm going to – I probably – I've been to this. I have been to their shows at um, – at Cheers a couple of times. So I, I think you'll enjoy this. So mark it down. It's going to be on May 19th, this coming Friday. Psychic Deli 
We'll be playing outdoors again at Avondale at Cheers Crab Beer and Wine on Herschel Street and St. John's Avenue, right in that area, you know, where the um, nice, nice little area where the there's a couple of round new roundabouts in over there. So check them out. Psychic Deli will be playing outdoors again in Avondale at Cheers Crab Beer and Wine on Herschel and Street in St. John's Avenue at 4 o'clock p.m. on Friday afternoon, May 19th of 2023 at 4 o'clock p.m. Also, Tribute Band, Free Bird ATL. Tribute Band, it's basically a Leonard Skinner Tribute Band. Tribute Band, Free Bird ATL will be in Jacksonville, Florida at Underbellies on June the 17th of 2023. Freebird ATL told Big J Report that Underbellies is located uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida, downtown Jacksonville, Florida at 113 East Bay Street. The guys with Freebird ATL also told Big J Report it will be our first time there at Underbellies, according to Freebird ATL. Freebird ATL will be touring many cities across the nation and in the South, the South and the nation. Also, a very good show coming up. Peter Frampton from Frampton Comes Alive uh, fame. Maybe the maybe what's considered the greatest live album of all time where Peter Frampton makes the guitar talk. And, of course, many years later, they discover it's a talk box. And he knows how to use the talk box. Man, the talk box was invented like in the late 1950s. Not by not by Peter Frampton, but he got a hold of it and created one heck of a, a way to play music. Peter Frampton's got a lot of great songs, man. I didn't realize how many great songs Peter Frampton had until you go to YouTube, start listening to the music. I can't stand it no more. Going away. That was that was a monster hit, 1980, I believe. Peter Frampton, and of course he's got. Do you feel like we do? And the Frampton Comes Alive album. Check out Peter Frampton. Very good show coming up. Peter Frampton on Wednesday night, June the 28th of 2023, at 7:30 p.m. at the St. Augustine, Florida Amphitheater. Peter Frampton. So that's some of what's going on. Had a nice, uh, we we had a nice uh, dinner on Sunday at Pier 6. Man, the shrimp are outstanding at Pier 6. Shrimp, a salad. They've got this onion sauce that is incredible at Pier 6. So hats off to the Pier 6 folks. They took good care of us. Larry Saucer took good care of his sponsor. Actually took good care of... Uh, is his friend Scott with the Teal Shirt Report podcast, and he is the sponsor. So we have to take good care of him. Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in in North Florida. And um, if you need to sell a home, buy a home, you want a second property, whatever the case may be, and he does valuations, he does land appraisals. Larry has vast experience, many many years in appraising property and land and it's all done you know through saucer evaluations saucer valuations and saucer realty and capital you can find the link for saucer realty and capital of course on our website right within the 24 7 north florida weather information you'll find a link for saucer realty and capital that's going to almost wrap it up i mean we're kind of glowing about the third round pick um 
as the Jaguars selected Auburn running back Tank Bigsby. I haven't really got anything in regards to tight end uh, Brenton Strange yet, but he's a second-round pick, supposed to be a really good blocking tight end. He's a guy that's going to develop. He's going to develop more skills as a blocker. He's going to catch some passes too. Uh, Anton Harrison, I think the guy can play, and I think once he gets more experience with um, NFL techniques, I think he's going to be fine. He's got a chance to be a future pro bowler. Those are the top three selections. I like the fifth-round safety who could could end up seeing some playing time this year in Jacksonville. We'll see. Um, The Jags got some competition in the safety room. A lot of safeties in there. They do. They've got, you know, a lot of safeties. Andre Sisco, who wears number five now. I was told that by my my contributor and supporter, John Gaylor. And once he said number five, yeah, I remember he wore number five last year. Andre Sisco. Andre Sisco got blown up at the goal line one time, but I saw him make some big hits in games, in multiple games. So the guy is developing as a safety. And he's a uh, Andre Sisco. I mean, this guy was an early draft pick of the Jaguars back in uh, 2021. I believe Andre Sisco was, what was he? He was actually an early third-round pick of the Jaguars in 2021 as a safety. You got Dewey. Uh, Dewey's going to play some, you know, at safety as well. Um. The Jags got a good safety room, and they've just added, you know, in the draft, the fifth rounder. Let's see what he can do. A.J. Antonio Johnson, fifth round pick, could be a steal out of the fifth round in the recent 2023 April NFL draft. So a lot of safeties uh, playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This has been episode show number 39. Larry Zonk is the main number 39. I thought Larry Brinson wore 39. Um, I know he wore 36 in the NFL. He was a former Florida Gator running back. I think he was actually a fullback at, at Florida. And those are some of the guys that we kind of modeled episode 39 you know, out of our, our, you know, we tried to salute players in correlation with the episode we're doing, episode show number 39. Larry Zonk is the first number 39 that stands out to me. Now, there were other players. Um, at Moore, you remember him, the wide receiver with, with Miami? Uh, Nat Moore played running back. At Florida, then he was moved to wide receiver when he was in the NFL. He was. He was uh, a running back at Florida. Again, he was playing uh, for Coach Dickey the majority of the time. Nat Moore is actually in the uh, Florida Sports Hall of Fame as well. Great Florida Gators uh, from the past. Talking about Nat Moore, Larry Brinson. Um, our our good friend who was a tremendous offensive lineman back in the 70s. Uh, our good friend Bruce Mullenix. A story about Bruce Mullenix. I think I've told it before, but we'll, we'll save that for a future podcast. Um, 
I see Bruce is uh, currently retired now. I'm glad. I'm glad. That's it. Bruce is a good guy, good football fan, great player at Florida. It's a great offensive lineman. Played when I was a kid back in the 1970s when I first started watching college football back when I'm going to tell you back when football was football. So I'm going to try to what I'm going to do in between episodes, we're going to try to straighten out this number 39, but I'm going to tell you the top number 39 of all time has got to be Larry Zonka with the Miami Dolphins. He won two Super Bowls with the Miami Dolphins. He really zonked. I think there was a headline back in the 70s. He really zonked the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, the Dolphins were like in three straight Super Bowls. They lost to the Cowboys. And then they ended up, you know, defeating the Redskins and the Minnesota Vikings in the Super Bowl. Plus, they had the 1972 unblemished, undefeated, perfect season, which Don Shula, sadly, who passed away, Back what a couple of years back, Don Shula took the record to his grave. Nobody could, nobody could break it. Don Shula, rest in peace, man. You you lived. Nobody broke your record when you were living the perfect record. This has been the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm already thinking about episode show number forty. I'm going to have to straighten out this this number thirty nine situation. But Larry Zonka would be the top number 39 for me of all time. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast special. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment, Saucer Realty and Capital for your North Florida real estate needs. You can find them on our website at bigjreport.com. Special thanks to lakeyfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. The Mad Max Mix, the Wednesday night music request show, madmaxmix.weebly.com. And the XFL today.net. The XFL is crowned their 2023 champion, and you can check it out at xfltoday.net. Special thank you to John Gaylor, our contributor and supporter of the podcast. Want to thank our producers, Alex Nunry, and our executive producer, JC. Thank you guys for all you do to help me. This has been episode 39, episode show 39 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm Scott, and I'm out. Okay, I'm a little encore here. Teal Shirt Report podcast, famous for our encores. After we're finished, we may come back, so... Keep an eye on how long the podcast is. We may not quite be finished. We're going to add a little encore here. You know, I did some looking around. I did tell you my favorite number 39 was Larry, Larry Zonka. But at the University of Florida, it could have been Nat Moore. I found an old picture of Nat Moore, and it is true. Nat Moore wore number 39 uh, for the Florida Gators. And what's kind of interesting, you know, he played for Doug Dickey. In the wishbone days, Bruce Mullenix was one of the blockers across the offensive line during the Doug Dickey era. Um, Nat Moore, an American, a former, an American former professional football player who was a wide receiver in the National Football League for 13 seasons. Nat Moore played college football for the Florida Gators. 
and played for the Miami Dolphins. He sure did. He was a Pro Bowl wide receiver in 1977. Great player. He switched numbers in the NFL because basically he switched positions. At Florida, he played in Doug Dickey's wishbone, played running back, and was a great running back. And I think he even turned out to be a better wide receiver. Um, Nat Moore had uh, some pretty good NFL stats, played 183 games in the NFL. Game started 124, had 510 receptions, receiving yards 7,546, and 74 touchdowns. When you make 183 catches and you score 74 touchdowns, I think that would make you that would make you a player that does big things. You know, a clutch player. I'm gonna say Nat Moore was a clutch player at the NFL level. So Nat Moore, I'm gonna put him up there close, very close to Larry Zonka at number 39. He played at Miami like Larry Zonka did. However, he switched numbers. He wasn't going to wear 39 at, at Miami because of Larry Zonka and primarily also because he switched positions to wide receiver. So that's an interesting fact. Larry Brinson wore 36 at Dallas. I'm still trying to substantiate. I was thinking he wore 39 at Florida. Maybe he did not. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll keep this number thing going. Um, Nat Moore was a great pro in the NFL, and I remember him in the early 70s when he played for Florida, played for Doug Dickey, and the guy was a flat-out running back, a star running back, and he turned out to be even, he turned out to be even a better wide receiver. Um, let's see, Nat Moore. Let's see, Nat Moore. I'm looking up. It's hard to see. You know, I see a I see a football card on Nat Moore, but I don't see the number. Let's see if I can see the number on this one. Oh my goodness! There's a Tua Tagovailoa card. Sometimes I'll search eBay a little bit and find some pictures, some numbers. Um, Nat Moore was a spectacular player at Florida. He's a guy who said, man, he he's he's at Florida. Nat Moore was a give it, give the ball to, to guy. He was a he was a guy that you give the ball to because he could make something happen after he got the football. Nat Moore. I'm still trying to find Nat Moore's number with the Dolphins. He was number 39 at Florida when he played running back. He was a running back at Florida. I think I found the number now. Let's pull this one up. Okay, there's a Nat Moore uh, football card from 78. Yeah, he wore number, uh, Nat Moore won, won, wore 89. Looks like number 89 when he switched over to play wide receiver uh, with the Miami Dolphins. These numbers are kind of interesting to me. Nat Moore played uh, number 39. At Florida, I'm looking at a picture of Nat Moore with a beautiful UF helmet on it. I loved it when the Gators sent the UF helmets. And we're going to talk SEC football. You know, Florida and Georgia. And I was looking at some stuff. There's a, a couple of groups that 
follow Southern football that I go on. And we have really gotten along with episode show number 39. We know Nat Moore now wore 39 in Florida. Bring you know, I, I have to bring back all my, my memories. Nat Moore wore number 39 in Florida, but he switched apparently to number 89 with the Miami Dolphins when he became wide, a wide receiver with the Dolphins when he went to the NFL after his college days at UF. So, and I can't even prove that Larry Brinson wore 39, and he may not have. He may have, he wore 36 with the Dallas Cowboys, and he was a good, good pro, very good pro also. So my top two, two 39s have got to be Larry Zonka with the Miami Dolphins, and then Nat Moore wore 39 as a running back with the Florida Gators, and later on, Nat Moore went to the Miami Dolphins after his college playing days. He switched from 39 in college to 89 in the NFL. So a little bit on numbers. That's going to about wind it up on our encore. Wanted to try to get that straight a little bit as we try to make sense of it all. Through the binoculars of life, my dad used to pull his binoculars out at the football games. He had a case for those binoculars. It was serious business. When my dad went to a football game, he was going to have the binoculars with him where he could see the action close up from wherever he was sitting. This is going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Our show's been, most of the time, eloquently produced. Uh, we we don't really edit this podcast much, so if we stumble, we just kind of keep going. And I hope you, you find that as um, kind of a good aspect and a natural aspect of this show. This has been the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 39, season number four. Again, thank you to our producers who helped me a lot, uh, Alex Nunnery and our executive producer, JC, and our podcast uh, contributor and supporter, John Gaylor from our BigJReport.com Facebook group as well. You guys have a great day. We are officially done with episode show number 39, season number four. You guys have a great day. We've, we've still got about a 30% chance of rain um, in Jacksonville and North Florida, about a 30% chance of rain over the next 48 hours or so. Uh, we're going to see clear to partly cloudy skies out there, high temperatures. What do we say the high temperatures are getting up to? Um, I'll pull up the latest weather info that we got. Uh, winds are going to be... Heck, primarily out of the east at about, uh, well, at about 5 to 11 miles per hour. So we'll get those east breezes at 5 to 11 miles per hour out there. That's right, east winds, winds east. Uh, Winds east at about 5 to 11 miles per hour. We'll have clear to partly cloudy skies with about a 30% chance of rain over the next uh, 48 hours. We're going to call it 48 hours, about a 30% chance of rain. Probably a better chance of that 30% tomorrow, but basically clear to partly cloudy with a 30% chance of rain over the next 48 hours, warm and pleasant temperatures. Uh, High temperatures getting up to 88. High temperatures up to near 88. Lows at night only dropping to around 67. Winds east at about 5 to 11 miles per hour. There is a possibility late tonight we could see some some patchy fog, which uh, is possible. That's uh, the latest weather information for North Florida, 
and surrounding areas. Again, we're brought to you by Saucerility and Capital. Uh, you can visit the website at www.saucerility.com. Uh, Larry can help you with your real estate needs. Call Larry and talk uh, real estate at 386 288 5335. That's the phone number we've got on the website. I uh, had a great lunch with um, had a great lunch with Larry Saucer. Uh, more of a dinner um, on Sunday evening, about five thirty six o'clock in that area. Larry had given me a couple of phone numbers for Saucerility and Capital, and we will be giving you those too. Let me see here. As we wrap up episode show number 39 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, we appreciate all of you guys for tuning in uh, to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And let's see, Larry had given me a couple of new phone numbers. We'll be posting some stuff on the website, you know, for, for Larry's stuff with Saucerility and Capital. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the stuff. Saucerility and Capital, their phone number, 386-288-5335. That is the phone number for Saucerility and Capital, 386-288-5335. And Larry does Saucer Valuations, too. Saucer Valuation, where you can get your property appraised or perhaps a property you're looking to buy appraised. Larry's got another phone number for that, too, 386 386- 754-1167-386-754-1167 and Saucerility and Capital 386 that's the area you go 386-288-5335 Larry is doing real estate deals with Saucerility and Capital throughout North Florida uh, Jacksonville, Gainesville, Lake City, Live Oak and many areas in between and even a little bit south of that North Florida line we want to thank Saucerility and Capital for being one of our find sponsors of the Big J Report um, of our website, bigjreport.com, and our podcast, the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. want to thank our other sponsors as well, Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment, Saucerility and Capital, LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good, xfltoday.net, check out the website, the champion has been crowned, the Arlington Renegades. And also, um, the Mad Max Mix, madmaxmix.weebly.com. The Wednesday night internet radio, Wednesday night music request show, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Mad Max playing the tunes. He'll give you his phone number during the show. You can hit him up with a request, whether you text it to him or call him. The Mad Max Mix can be heard each Wednesday nights, every Wednesday night, on Wednesday night at... Uh, madmaxmix.weebly.com. That's going to completely do it for the podcast. You've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Episode show number 39, completely in the books now. Season number four, episode show number 39. You guys have a great day. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to our producers, Alex Nunry, and our executive producer, JC. You guys have a great day. And uh, John Gaylor, uh, thank you so much. Um, for being a contributor to our podcast and our Facebook group. And thank you for being a supporter as well, John Gaylor. 
You guys have a great day. My name is Scott with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm out. Until next time, you guys have a great day. Okay, we do have an extra encore to tell you about. Sadly, the Jacksonville Icemen have lost game six of the second round of the East Coast Hockey League playoffs. Uh, tough loss, East Coast Hockey League playoffs, game six at Jacks- in Jacksonville, Florida. The Iceman season sadly comes to an end. The Florida Everblades five, the Jacksonville Iceman two. Uh, the final score in game six on Monday night, May the 15th. So a tough loss, East Coast Hockey League playoffs, game six. In Jacksonville, Florida, the Iceman, we're adding this to our podcast episode show. Uh, number 39, uh, the Iceman uh, lose to the Everblades in the East Coast Hockey League playoffs. Tough loss in Game 6 in Jacksonville, Florida. The Iceman season sadly comes to an end. The Florida Everblades 5, the Jacksonville Iceman to a final in Game 6 on Monday night, May the 15th of 2023. The Blades, the Everblades, if you will. Uh, win the series four games to two over the Jacksonville Iceman. The Jacksonville Iceman thus now knocked out of the second round of the East Coast Hockey League playoffs, but it's been the best Iceman season in the sixth year. That's right. It's been the best Iceman season in the six seasons the Iceman have been in Jacksonville, Florida. The rule of 39. I did some checking on this. Larry Zonka, the number one, number 39, won two Super Bowls with the Miami Dolphins, including was a part of the 1972 perfect season. Nat Moore played running back for the University of Florida, wearing number 39 in the early 1970s. And then when he went into the NFL, he played wide receiver. For the Miami Dolphins, he switched jerseys, so he did not wear 39 in the NFL, and he switched to wide receiver, but he did wear 39 and played running back for the University of Florida back in the early 1970s. He wore number 39. Larry Brinson, who had a pretty good NFL career, played with the Dallas Cowboys, even played in a Super Bowl. Uh, Larry Brinson wore 39 in college at the University of Florida. He wore 36 with the Dallas Cowboys. You are tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Going to ramp up this encore as quick as we can. Clear to partly cloudy skies out there. Updating our forecast about a 30% chance of rain out there now in the uh, Jacksonville, Duval, North Florida area, 30% chance of possible showers and thunderstorms, mainly late in the afternoon, early in the evening, possibly some areas of uh, fog early in the morning. Otherwise, we're going to have some nice weather, sunshine, clear to partly cloudy skies at times, and some clouds moving in during any times of possible Thunderstorms, high temperature is going to get up to around 89. Let's see, the low temperature 
a low temperature on Tuesday morning. May 16th was 68. High today, going to get up to near 89. And let's see, winds starting to shift. Calm winds becoming southeast at around 6 miles per hour today. So we're mainly going to look at, let's see, southeast winds becoming southwest at about six miles per hour, so not a not a lot of not a lot of wind out there at the present juncture. Again, the roll of thirty-nine. My thirty-nines, Larry Zonka, got to be the number one guy. Nat Moore, number two, played uh, in the early nineteen seventies at Florida, and he was an exciting player. Played running back in college with the Florida Gators in the early nineteen seventies. Got drafted. Went to the Miami Dolphins after his college playing days, mid-70s, late-70s, and um, became a wide receiver. Maybe Doug Dickey had him out of position, but he was a great running back. And um, I believe that was about the time the Gators had gone to the wishbone, or close to it, and Nat Moore was a running back at Florida. But when he went to the NFL, became a receiver. He wore a different number with Miami. I believe he wore 89 with Miami. But with the Florida Gators, he wore number 39 and was a running back. Later in the mid-70s, as I told you, Nat Moore played in the early 70s at Florida. Larry Brinson came along mid-70s. Mid-70s. That was about the time our our Facebook friend uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce Mullenix, Offensive line, I believe offensive tackle for the Florida Gators. And um, I believe Bruce was blocking for Larry Brinson, number 39. Larry Brinson wore number 39. He had a nice career in the NFL and played in a Super Bowl as well with the Dallas Cowboys. Brinson's number switched to 36, I believe, when he played with the Cowboys, but he was number 39 at Florida. The current number 39 is Jamal Agnew. Great kickoff returner, punt returner extraordinaire, backup slot receiver. Sadly, Jamal Agnew, number 39, did fumble near the five-yard line in the playoff game at Kansas City. And the Jaguars lost that game by by seven points, by, by a, essentially a touchdown. So those are our 39s. Iceman, sadly, have been eliminated from the playoffs. Playoffs? The Iceman made it to the second round. I mean, they they eliminated the Greenville Swamp Rabbits in the first round. So the Iceman moved to the second round, but played the really tough Everblades, really a nemesis of the Iceman their first six years here in the East Coast Hockey League. Um, the Florida Everblades won the series in Jacksonville on Monday night. And let's see, that was on Monday night, May 15th. The Everblades won the game 5-2 to two over the Icemen. They won the series four games to two. On a day off on Monday, a, after an 8-2 to two win over a really tough and rugged Norfolk Tides team that's 28-10 and 10 in AAA baseball, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp won on Sunday 8-2 to two over Norfolk. Uh, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp are now 19 and 18 with a day off on Monday, May 16th. So that's some of what's going on. That's an encore. Thank all you guys for listening. Mike Riggins, my Duval brother, I got you in my 
thoughts and prayers. Mike going through some a few health issues, and we keep Mike in our uh, thoughts and prayers. APDFL first round playoffs: Pensacola Panthers twenty-two, uh, the Fairhope Storm twelve. Got a got a big, huge game in the EAFL coming up on May twenty-seventh. Going to be kind of a Georgia-Florida thing, Florida-Georgia thing. The Bold City Avengers will play the Savannah Falcons on May the 27th. The cool thing about that game, still got a few days, you know, before it comes up, you can make your plans to go on Wilson Boulevard at the SOS Academy Football Stadium on the west side of Jacksonville, Florida. You can see some some good talent. The Bold City Avengers and semi-pro football playing the Savannah Falcons. This will be a first-round EAFL playoff matchup in semi-pro football. And uh, let me check the. Uh, let's just kind of let's kind of double check the date. Oh, we brought you some good information. We did check the concerts a good bit earlier uh, here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I talked to Channing Owens or messaged with Channing, and I've, I've seen her at some of the games. That's Paul Owens' wife. Um, and she gives us a lot of good information about EAFL, particularly the Bold City Avengers. They did not play this past weekend. Their team actually received a forfeit from a team that um, that actually was supposed to play but didn't come. The underworld of semi-pro outdoor football and indoor arena football. A lot of things happen. Interesting stuff. Good players. Um, however, I can tell you, these teams will show up. They will be there. They will be showing out the Bold City Avengers in a playoff game, playing the Savannah Falcons on May the 27th on the west side of Jacksonville, Florida at uh, SOS Academy Football Field. That's on uh, Wilson Boulevard. That game's on. May the 27th should be in the evening sometime. I don't have a kickoff time yet for that one, but we'll try to try to get that for you. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This is finally going to put a cap on it. Hope you enjoyed the encores. John Gaylor, thank you so much for your contributions as far as being a contributor. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Again, special thanks to our producers, Alex Nunry, and our executive producer, uh, JC. We cover the gamut. If you miss anything, go to BigJReport.com. That's BigJReport.com. Finally, I've given you, can you believe it? I've I've researched the number 39s. We gave you four. Larry Zonka from the Miami Dolphins, from the perfect team of 1972. Nad Moore, number 39, who played for the University of Florida Gators, a running back back then, number 39. Then when he moved to the NFL, he became a wide receiver with the Miami Dolphins. Larry Brinson. According to one of his offensive linemen, Bruce Mullenix, uh, Bruce said he kept a lot of the programs from when he played, and Larry was listed as number 39, and I thought he was. He actually, when he went to Dallas and played for the Cowboys and even played in a Super Bowl with the Cowboys, Larry Brinson wore, I believe, 36 with the Cowboys, but he wore that famous and elusive number 39, uh, with the University of Florida Gators back in the mid-1970s. And the current Jacksonville Jaguar, Jamal Agnew, wears number 39, returns kicks and punts, plays a little bit of slot receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and is truly an exciting player. Number 39, Jamal Agnew. That's going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Obviously, this has been show number 39, kind of an extended show. 
with a couple of encores. Thank you for listening. We'll have a much shorter show when 40 comes around. So thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm your host, Scott. I'm out. Hey, have a great day.